It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a magic marker. A, a felt pen. It's a mistake. It's a trap. It's a fucking comedy. It's quiet. Maybe too quiet. It's all happening. It's a good day to die. It's a good day to talk about movies. Welcome back. It is a good day to talk about Thor. I'm your host, CB. And joining me as always are Mac. How's it going? Jalen. What's goody? And Duncan. How's it going? And today we are discussing the fourth film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Thor. This is your weekly Tuesday bonus episode of GDT, where we talk about superhero movies and TV shows and go through the MCU movie by movie. Previously, we've covered Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk from 2008, as well as Iron Man 2 from 2010. Next week, we will be doing Captain America, the first Avenger. Here on GDT, we talk about movies we love and interview independent filmmakers. Every Friday, Duncan and, and our other host, Gardner, host the full episode of our show, where they interview an indie filmmaker or someone else involved in the filmmaking process. On top of that, we have Monday bonus episodes hosted by Niatifa, where he interviews the cast and crew of the GDT short film titled Nostalgia. If you want to learn more about that, check out those Monday episodes. The newest one was released yesterday. Then, on Thursday, we have our regular bonus episode where Gardner and Duncan talk about a new TV show, new movie, something relevant, or talk to a guest about a movie of their choice. This week, the Thursday episode is on Kenobi Part 4, and for the next few weeks, Gardner and Duncan will have guests on to talk about that show. Those are all of our weekly episodes, so check them out. And on top of all that, we have a monthly episode released in the first Sunday of every month, hosted by Duncan, Kari, John, and Stevie P. This month, they covered Top Gun Maverick, and it was released this Sunday, so go check that out if you haven't already. That's what we do here on GDT, and now it is time to talk about Thor. Before we do that, let's do a quick spoiler warning. We'll be talking about spoilers for Thor and spoilers for the entire MCU. Anything MCU-related is fair game, so if you're worried that any movies or shows are about to be spoiled for you, turn this off now, go get caught up, and then get back to us. For everyone else, that was your spoiler warning for Thor and the entire MCU. So, Thor was released in 2011. It stars Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tom Hiddleston, Stellan Skarsgård, and many more. The movie was directed by Kenneth Branagh and serves as his first and only entry in the MCU. That's a little background, so let's get into our opening thoughts. Mac, you want to start us off? Opening thoughts. Personally, I really like this movie. I don't know if that's a popular opinion for like the general MCU fan base, but I really enjoyed this movie. I liked this Thor more as opposed to, I think we've mentioned this in previous episodes when we were covering The Incredible Hulk, but how Mark Ruffalo's Hulk just kind of became comedic relief. I feel like Thor kind of went on a similar track later on in the franchise. And while it was nice at times just to kind of see him be a little funny, I personally prefer the more serious and dedicated Thor that we see in this movie like he really comes into himself by the end of this movie and I feel like he's really driven and he knows who he is by the end of it so not to I don't really want to focus too much in who he is in the later installments but overall I really did enjoy this movie and I think there was really good acting there were moments that I thought were pretty cheesy like some of the fight scenes toward the end of it I, I know we'll get into that later but overall this movie was really good and it's I would probably say it's up there for me I wouldn't say I think it's the greatest movie in the MCU but I really enjoyed watching it I think Chris Hemsworth did a really good job that is what I believe will be a hot take Jalen what do you think um I definitely want to bounce off of what Max said I think it's a good movie it's not a great movie but it is iconic in a way due to the fact like it's it's up there with like Iron Man such a good origins origin story well not okay I will say like not up there but like basically same like level origin story still like a classic Marvel movie that you would think of in the early days so not as good as Iron Man but 
it's still a good movie in general. Yeah, so um, what Mac was saying earlier, like the common relief later down the road, I do not enjoy that. So I kind of like this movie better than the other two. So this movie is good to me. Okay, two hot takes in a row. Duncan, what do you think? I think this movie is fine. I think it's fine. I don't think that it's as bad as it probably gets lamented for being in this universe i think that it's much better in hindsight probably because we've fallen in love with both loki and thor and both hemsworth and hiddleston's portrayals of those characters are at this point iconic might be too much of a stretch but definitely in the cultural lexicon and they're almost synonymous with those characters at this point so i mean is it as fun as a ragnarok no is it as fun as i'm expecting thor 4 to be no is it as dark as i think i remember the dark world being also no but is it bad no it has a great cast i mean it's arguable that chris hemsworth is the worst actor of the main cast honestly and that's not saying chris hemsworth is a bad actor that's just saying that we have an all-star cast natalie portman Skarsgård, and then Tom Hiddleston. I mean, no offense to Chris Hemsworth, but I'm going to put Tom Hiddleston a little bit above him as an actor. But they both do great with their roles, I think. And then I don't know the actor who plays Darcy, but she does a great job with her role. She's not as celebrated of an actor as the other members that I mentioned of the cast. But my point is that your main character, your lead here, who is maybe just as unknown as a Tom Hiddleston at this point, is not a big name and is maybe lower in the acting pool of these people so it's interesting i think that people don't like this movie as much because i guess maybe it's the pacing i guess but the acting's fine i think the story's there there's some funny moments for sure thor's character i think is there from the beginning like the roots of what we see today is already being formed in this movie so for me i mean i'd love to get into the details of it but honestly i had a fun time with this movie i was expecting a lot worse do i think it's one of the better mcu movies no but that's just because it's a little bit more generic and bland mcu movies can struggle with that in general but this one i had a fun time with and i thought a lot of the stuff with thor as this alien slash god character was very interesting in how he interacted with the people who weren't believing him this that and the other because it was a little realistic in that manner and it was intriguing to see how they would interact with someone who actually is what he says he is but if you were them you wouldn't believe him either i thought it was a good dynamic and i thought it was a lot of fun natalie portman is a very good actor i think i'm not saying anything crazy there everyone will pretty much back me up on that one not groundbreaking news that she's good at this but everyone in this cast i would say like i said that's kind of the second point for me was that good characters and well acted for those characters so for me it did a good job and maybe the story was a lacking point maybe the pacing is lacking points but yeah i was fine with it i think this movie was big cheeks i think it doesn't hold a candle to iron man i think it's blasphemous to even suggest such a thing all right i'll be fair okay so i think it is very I think the special effects are definitely a strong point. I think, in all seriousness, I think Tom Hiddleston is definitely the best part of this movie for me. I, I like Loki. I like him just throughout the MCU, but in this movie also, like, doing a great job of kind of showing the root of what makes Loki Loki. I think the rest of it, though, like, I agree the cast is good, and I think, like, I would never say anything against the actors that are playing the characters that they're playing. I just feel like, like, Duncan, the two words that you said that really stuck out when you were giving your opening thoughts were, like, generic bland and i feel like that is kind of what i walk away from this movie like i rewatched it today and i found myself struggling to like come up with things to talk about for this episode i was like like what are the pivotal moments of this film what are the big points of plot development we get like what happens and i'm like 
I don't want to watch this anymore. And I like was trying to turn it off at points, not because it is bad per se. It just felt like nothing really happened by the end of it, which I know isn't true. It's just like sometimes that can be harsh. And I did make the movie. So I'm going to take take my word with a grain of salt. That's just uh, how I felt about it. But I'm sure my opinion will change by the end of this episode as you guys tell me why you liked it. So with that, let's get into discussing the movie. So it starts off in... New Mexico, where we see astrophysicist Jane Foster, uh, her mentor, Eric Selvig, and her assistant, Darcy. They're out in the desert trying to conduct research on these atmospheric occurrences. And we see a bright sign in the sky, and then they rush out to find out what it is. And then Jane ends up hitting Thor with her van. And then we're taken to the opening credits, and we see the sequence of narration of the past by Odin, who kind of sets up the surface conflict of the film and tells us about Frost giants and the Asgardians and how the Asgardians ended up being these heroes who were worshipped like gods by humans. And then we see that it's actually a conversation, like a lecture to Thor and Loki. And in the present, we see Thor preparing to take the throne until his coronation gets interrupted by some frost giants who are sneaking into the uh, the weapons depot, I guess, to steal the frost giants' like, main weapon. This leads to a disagreement between Thor and Odin and kind of sets up the rest of the movie. So what did you guys think about these, these opening sequences? I just want to preface this by saying I don't think we watched the same movie, Chris, because I was all into it. I mean... Like I said, I don't think it's like the best, but I, I, again, I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed this opening sequence. I think it was really interesting how they almost embodied the mythology of it a bit by at least introducing the backstory to us via storytelling. And I really enjoyed that part a lot, especially seeing, I don't know if you guys have picked up on this. This is just something I've kind of noticed when it comes to like movies about royalty or some kind of fairy tale or something. But I love when we get to see the main characters like Loki and Thor as children and then it jumps ahead in time and you get to see them as adults. I always love seeing that in movies, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really quick and inventive way for them to give us a bit of the backstory to place us where the story is going to take off. And I enjoyed it. I like that they immediately jumped us kind of in the future, I guess, and then back paddled a bit. I think that was really cool. And overall, I thought the CGI, like getting to see Asgard was gorgeous. And up to this point, we haven't really had any kind of universe literally building at this point where all everything's based on earth and they can use props that are on earth, et cetera, et cetera. But like here, they really had to build this gorgeous place. And I think they did an incredible job doing that. And that's one of my favorite parts about this movie, because this is where we really get to see that this is more than just earth. And I think they did a great job building that and making it such a beautiful and mesmerizing place. Yes. So bouncing off of what Mac was saying, after rewatching the movie, I did understand that this was like still opening up to a new world, us first time experiencing Asgard and everything. I did like the backstory, you know, seeing Thor and Loki as kids. And I do still, to this day, think it's very, like, fucked up how, like, they were raised in a way. Like, both of them wanted to be king, get the throne and everything. And Odin is basically telling them, only one of you can be king. Y'all both have an option, but only one of you are going to get it. One of you are going to get the shit in, and the other one, you're going to get everything you want. So I think that was very, like, fucked up how they were raised. That's my opinion. Yeah, so I did like how they did the backstory for Thor. Yeah, just a good opening scene in general. Yeah, I don't know if we're supposed to be reading this sympathetically toward 
against Loki or if just now because we've seen where he goes, I am reading it sympathetically where I feel bad for him and I feel like he's been pushed into this. But I think that even in that first watch, it's like he's discovering something pretty traumatic about himself during this. He's probably already feeling a certain type of way before that. And it is very clear that Thor is favorited and you can see why a society that's based on what their society is based on, I guess, would value someone like Thor, who is more of the warrior type, over a guy like Loki. And that's not saying it's fair to Loki, but you can see where this is coming from and where this animosity is coming from. I think you can kind of feel that. And like that's sometimes what makes a good villain. Sometimes it's fun to have a villain who's just evil for the sake of being evil. Like That can be fun too, for sure. But I think you can kind of see where he's coming from and not necessarily to the fault of Odin, but it's tough, I guess, being a parent. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I don't have any kids that I know of, but if you're dealing with that, I think that on both ends, it's probably tough. And I believe Odin when he says that he loves him because he's his son. But I also feel where Loki's coming from, where he's like, well, I'm just like a prop to you. You took me from there as another relic from the Frost Giants as an opportunity to make peace and stuff like that. And so I totally get where he's coming from there. And you can see it even when they're little in that very short opening scene where I feel like it just doesn't feel like Loki's getting the attention as much and is ever really being considered for the throne, which is obviously what he wants and stuff. And you shouldn't be thriving for the throne for selfish reasons. But if there's two of you and your brother is like the obvious choice for everyone, I can understand where you're coming from. So I'll just say that I like the motivation here, I would say. And in hindsight, for sure, you feel for Loki as a character, I think. And you see how he's kind of, even though he's the god of deception, he's being strung along and played, not even intentionally all the time, but he's being strung along by certain characters. We know Thanos does that. And we can see how Odin maybe unintentionally also pushes Loki towards that. Yeah, I agree with what Mac was saying about the special effects here, about their portrayal of Asgard. I thought that was really like that first shot where they show the entire realm is is really cool. I was just thinking, I was like, I'm not a big fan of narration and storytelling, but I think that is a good way to tell this story, like having to give us basically like a almost a thousand years of history or like 2000 years of history, just in like 30 seconds, they kind of, that was kind of like how they needed to do it for it to be, you know, not too time consuming and still like creative. So I felt like that was cool. And I do like the portrayal of young Thor and young Loki. Like you guys are saying, like he tells them that only one of them can be King. And then they kind of like look at each other and they're like still friends, even though they compete for his love and for his attention, they still, you know, love each other as kids. And we see that kind of carry out. I mean, like Max said, I don't want to talk too much about future iterations, but that is like one of my favorite dynamics in the MCU is like Thor and Loki constantly being at odds. But when it really comes down to it, like they obviously care about one another. And I think that's, it's kind of wholesome, I guess, but I do like how they show the arrogance and the kind of the meatheadedness of Thor early on. And we see that Loki's clearly disappointed that he's not ascending to the throne. And then we can see like the obvious differences between Odin and Thor, just how like Odin is, you know, he's older and, and wiser and Thor's kind of just this hot headed kid. One of the things that I do like about rewatching this movie is watching it with the knowledge that Loki is the villain and like looking at his reactions in some scenes. It's just like, like the first scene where Thor and Odin are arguing with each other and Loki's just like after the 
coronation when the the frost giants show up and Loki's just like standing there watching with like this yeah but I bet you won't hit about it kind of face he's like when y'all swing I dare you <laughs> like just kind of clearly an instigator it's pretty funny just to watch it with that knowledge because the first time I guess I should have assumed that Loki was the villain because he always is in Thor uh, comics but I didn't I wasn't sure I thought it was it's a cool angle to look to watch the movie from but from there we see that after the frost giants break up the celebration loki plants the idea in thor's head for him to defy his dad and thor takes the bait and he leads his friends to jotunheim and we see the frost giants uh and their king laufey and thor kind of loses his cool and then a, a battle breaks out and that's like the first true action scene of the movie and it doesn't end until odin intervenes but the truce between the jotuns and the asgardians is finished by the end of this scene so what did you guys think about that first action scene and their trip to jotunheim i think it was a great taste into the kind of creatures and beings that they're going to eventually face later into the MCU because again at this point most of their enemies have been humans or something much easily destroyed versus these gigantic creatures but yeah I thought the fight was really good and a good show of the kind of power that Thor has along with his other Asgardian friends definitely a a nice taste of what's to come later in the MCU especially if Definitely in hindsight, looking back in the movie and seeing how far the MCU's come. For the open action scene, I do want to disagree. It was not the best. It, it was not my favorite part of the movie at all. I guess because like hindsight, seeing like how much Thor can do and then seeing the movie from when he first starts, it just like, I just wanted more. It wasn't doing it for me at all. Maybe like to him though, it was like a game, you know? Like he thought it was just gonna, he's just gonna get there, like kick ass. And it was gonna be a little bit bigger of a feat than he was expecting. Okay, I can definitely see that for sure. Like he's just like not displaying all his power using like 10% of what he can do. Since they're like just wiping the floor with them easily. They have no chance, I guess. Yeah, I definitely would say this is one of the weaker parts of the movie where I was like, let's get into the fun stuff. I guess maybe in hindsight also, it's like, I'm not worried about any of this shit. I know where some of it goes, so I'm rewatching it now. What, 12 years later? Stakes are gone, and you can argue that there's very little stakes to begin with in a Marvel movie, so I don't know. I guess it does set up the fact that Thor is going to end up on Earth, and it leads to what we're going to, so that's what's important, and it connects us with our main characters, with the rest of our main characters, who we've previously briefly met on Earth and who will be with us the rest of the movie, and who I think are, again, played by good actors and are characters that I do care about, at least in this rewatch of it. Maybe it's hindsight, who knows? But yeah, I'm not, like, blown away by any of this. I'm not hating it, but do I care that much about the Frost Giants? I can't say I do. I think in this movie, we don't, like Jalen was saying, there's not a lot of Thor being Thor, which I think lends itself to the development of his character, what little, I guess, there kind of is. But this part, for me, I, I enjoyed. I thought it was probably one of the stronger moments because like I wanted more, like Jalen was saying, I wanted more action and I wanted more of like Thor being Thor and like doing the things that he can do, which we do get later on. It's just like, kind of like you always say, Duncan, it's like, don't tease me with the prospect of like whatever the subject of the movie is, like just let me have it. And I think that kind of is what happens for the rest of this movie after this scene on Jotunheim where he's like showing off his power and clearly just like super 
super vain, right? Like leads his friends into a death trap and is only he only gets saved by his dad. Like he's got don't hit me or my dad's going to sue you energy. I think a lot of the time, like how he walks around, he's just like, he's like my father. <laughs> it was like, if I hear like my father or brother <laughs> one more time by the end of the movie, I was like, I was exhausted, dude, but I'll see you in another life, brother. Yeah. You know, it's like, yo, <laughs> Just be cool, Thor. You know what I mean? I feel like Odin's, like when he shows up to save them, Thor, Thor's like, Father, let's finish them. And his dad's like, be cool. Shut up. It's like a kid who got, he just got his toy taken away. Yeah. Which I, I mean, it's good because we get to see that side of Thor that needs to go away for the rest of the movie to happen and for the rest of the MCU to happen because that is not like what you need in a king. He's not a leader. He's not like a good friend at all. He just kind of is like clearly there for his own benefit and his own desire for like violence and to like inflate his ego by like taking out inferior beings. So that is cool to see. And I did want to say the first scene in the Bifrost is, is pretty awesome. Like when they're first flying through and you're like, I remember seeing that. I was like, yeah, this is sick. So I thought, like I said, I mean, the first half special effects are, are pretty strong, I feel like. But like you said, Duncan, it is setting up the plot to take Thor to Earth. So for his defiance and his stupidity, Thor gets banished to Earth. And then it takes us back to the events from the first scene. Uh, and we see Mjolnir. This time, when we see the recap, we see Mjolnir land two on Earth. So we know that that's going to be a factor at some point. And so Thor is in the hospital and he assaults the doctors and the nurses there. And then he gets sedated. There's some funny moments there. And Jane, and they go back to pick Thor up from the hospital. And she hits him again with his car, which is pretty funny with her car. And then we see the people in the town trying to make a day out of moving Thor's hammer. And then they recreate the post-credit scene from Iron Man 2 and Phil Coulson shows up to the crash site of Mjolnir. And then we're taken back to Asgard and we see Loki, Sif, and the Warriors 3 discussing Thor's banishment. And Loki confronts Odin about his experience on Jotunheim and his parenthood, finding out that he is Loki's son. So what did you guys think about this, this section? I think this movie did a really good job of adding little moments that were funny without it being not funny. I think the, these moments easily could have been not great. Like I think, for example, like when we were watching The Incredible Hulk, their funny moments always just fell a little flat to me and I just feel like they were tr trying too hard, but I think these were executed really well. Like the repeated hitting of him with a car, I think that was a nice touch. And when they go to sedate him through the ass and like they give him the shot. I mean, I think that's great because I mean, we, we have this giant strong warrior and he's getting taken down by a shot to the ass. I just think that that's really funny in there. They're kind of playing on that a bit, I think with like his characteristics and all of that, but I, I think it was really good. And then I think shield does a great job of kind of showing the power that they have in this scene or this this segment of the movie where they just go in and completely take away all of Jane's and Darcy's and Selvig's equipment. They really kind of show how much control and power they have and how little they have any say in what happens or how, how little say they have in what goes on with their data and all the work that they've put through. And then jumping to Loki discovering his own heritage. Like you were saying, Duncan, it really does make you feel for Loki. Like everything that he thought he knew about himself and his life is just pretty much out the door. I feel like this is like a pretty common trope in movies where you find out something true about yourself and you just kind of go through this identity crisis. And that combined with his need for approval from his dad and everything just... I'm sure it really screws you with your head and you can really kind of see the struggle and sadness 
that he's feeling, especially like when Odin goes down, like he's viscerally upset. He's very moved by what he's just found out. And he even just stares at him like he doesn't even know who he's talking to. I mean, one could argue that he is also like, is this the moment where I take power? Like, should I call the guards? Should I just let what happens happens? But yeah, I think this is a really moving scene for me. Not, I mean, like I wasn't like boohooing or anything like that. That came later in the movie. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought it was good. I think Tom Hiddleston's acting in the scene is really, really good. Well, speaking on Loki, I definitely feel where Loki is coming from, like his motives and everything. Unlike other villains throughout the other movies that we reviewed, like it's actually like family. He has like an actual traumatizing like reason to go after Thor or become a villain or whatever. Basically, he's the god of deception, but he he's been deceived all his life. So I can definitely understand like where he's coming from. So that scene I do appreciate within the movie and kind of set set off his villain arc, which is actually like valid and does carry a lot of weight throughout the rest of the MCU. The scenes of Thor being sent to Earth and everything, I know that it was meant to like humanize him in a way. However, they humanized him a little bit too much. For example, um, one thing that stuck out to me was when he got tased and like had to go to the hospital after that. I'm like, wait, what? Like, aren't you supposed to be a god? Like, you get a taser and you're you're down. But that was just like a little bit too like underpowering him in a way. I didn't really enjoy like that part, but I did enjoy like the level of common relief they have for him. Like that was like a perfect level throughout the rest of the MCU is too much, but that was like a good like medium for me. So I did like those scenes. Yeah, I kind of already talked about him finding out that Ralphie was his father. So I feel like I kind of maybe jumped ahead before, but I guess I've kind of touched on this part already. But yeah, I mean, still, I think we're in the more boring part of the movie i would say for me at least where i think that later on or at least soon i think is where i'm grabbed in a little bit more and where we're starting to get the characters that i kind of like and not necessarily the characters i kind of like but the dynamic that i kind of like i like the relationship between obviously natalie portman and chris hemsworth and then i just like the whole group dynamic with darcy and selvig as well so i just like that part of it and i think it's fun and like i said earlier like i like the whole them not believing him and then being like don't get in that car with him to natalie portman and it's like yeah you're right definitely tell her not to get in the car with him that that would be the right thing in the real world but like again as the viewer you know that's thor bro believe him motherfucker but they don't know that and they shouldn't so yeah realistic and uh maybe not the most exciting part of the film but we're getting to uh where i want to talk about and where i'm more interested in i'd say here again not crazy bad not crazy boring or anything but not the parts of the film that grab my attention the most yeah i love the comic relief here like him getting sedated in the hospital and just getting hit with the car i thought that was laughed out loud and then uh, like mac was saying i i love this scene i mean just how it's acted i think on both sides like anthony hopkins does a good job as well the back and forth of loki finding out that he's not of uh asgard and just like feeling betrayed and feeling cheated and calling out the fact that he was not the favorite that's like a pretty when a kid knows that they're the less favorite child it's pretty it's a pretty horrible thing i think for any kid to live through so i think kind of like you guys all touched on the motivation being clear and, and being like rational is a good point for his character so from there we see that thor he realizes that Molnir has crashed by from like he overhears a conversation in the diner they're in and then jane's equipment gets confiscated by shield back on asgard loki he's taking the throne 
with Odin in the Odin sleep, Jane finally, she agrees to take Thor to the crash site. And then we see uh, Hawkeye for the first time. Thor knocks out some military guys and tries to pick up the hammer, but finds out that he's not worthy. And he gets interrogated by Phil Coulson. And then Loki visits him. And Loki tells him that Odin is dead and that their mother has forbidden him from coming back to Asgard. And then Coulson lets Thor leave with Eric Selvig. Duncan, I don't know if, I think the part that you're interested in is in there somewhere. I, I didn't listen to the plot points, but you guys can yeah. weigh in on this part. This is where I'm boohooing. I love the fight scene of him going to get Mjolnir. I just thought he kicked ass and he was so good. And I just think it speaks to his skill without his powers, right? I mean, he's been fighting people for like a millennia at this point. You know, he's he's old as shit and he's super skilled. I think it's awesome. One of my favorite shots in this movie is when he finds out that he's not worthy and it's like really slow-mo, they're zoomed in on his face. And I'm sorry, I'm going to cry every time I watch that. I'm going to, and I did today. It's probably like the 30th time I've seen this movie. And it just makes me so sad for him because he's realizing that he's not worthy to his dad. He's not worthy of being Thor. And like, I don't know, you spend your, like I said, a millennia with this weapon, like that it is who he is just to find out that it's no longer yours. Like I would be distraught. And I think he handled it pretty, pretty well for someone who just had his entire life ripped out from under him. But yeah, that scene gets me. I think, I think it was a really good fight scene. It wasn't like too crazy, but I think they really, they really show his kind of power and like his ability to take down people with without any like real superpowers, you know, but, and I love the interaction with him and Coulson. I mean, we're big Coulson fans on the pod, love him. And I think they did a great job of transitioning from him to Loki. I love that scene too, where you get his reflection in the mirror and he's just there. I forgot again that like when I was rewatching it, I was like, Oh, how did he, how did he get to earth? Like, I don't understand. Then he immediately talked to Heimdall and he's talking about like, there's not, I mean, there are other ways to get past the Bifrost. Anyway, their interaction together, classic brotherly antagonization, if that's a word, but like with a lot more of a serious edge. Loki just told his brother that he was lying, but he tells him that his dad's, their dad's dead. And just to see Thor's reaction, and I'm sure like all that's running through his head is our last moments together he was banishing me and declaring me unworthy of my identity so i'm sure that was a very humbling moment for him and while it was really messed up of loki i think it really contributed to thor's redemption and like him rediscovering who he is meant to be as a person as opposed to who he thought he was supposed to be so i think i think they were great and important scenes during this like what 10 15 minutes i think for these scenes the word that i was looking for well the main word is humbling thor was definitely humble throughout this and basically how loki was basically rediscovering himself and realizing he's not actually part of the royal bloodline or whatever thor was going through the same thing especially like not being worthy of mjolnir anymore and kind of like building himself up so i did like that so he was basically on top and knocked back down and trying to climb back up to the ranks that he was at beforehand especially going through earth so i did enjoy the fact how they kind of like humanize him in a way instead of like just letting him just be a god doing whatever he wants to he's still learning how to just be a person in a way and loki i'm a fan of loki as you can tell so that man is a walking troll literally like he's always trolling all day every day and the way that he 
did everything like that, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, I really liked the search from Mjolnir, and I liked the subversion when he goes to pick it up, and we have Hawkeye looking at him, and he's talking to Coulson, he's like, I gotta take the shot now, give me the okay, and he's like, hold on, I wanna see this. And then he just doesn't fucking pick it up. And I like that. Because on the rewatch, I'm not remembering that. And I'm thinking, all right, yeah, this motherfucker's about to pick it up. And I'm sure on the first watch, you're thinking the same thing, right? Because you know who Thor is. And it's supposed to be this big moment. And then it's not. And I like that. And I like him kicking the shit out of everyone beforehand. Like we said, it's showing how he can be a badass without his powers or without Mjolnir. But it's also then showing at the end of the scene that he's not the Thor that he thinks he is and that we're used to. He's not quite that guy yet. And it's similar to, I think, later on when we see Captain America almost pick it up and then Civil War happens and he's able to get that kind of one thing off his chest with Tony's parents and Bucky. And I think then later on, that's what clears him up and gives him the ability then to pick up Mjolnir when we see it in Endgame. But I think it's kind of similar to that. But I like the struggle with that. And obviously now we're at a point in the MCU where we're getting, I think Jane will be the fourth character to hold it at this point with Thor, Vision, Captain America, and then Jane. I think those are the four we've held it now. So it's not necessarily as related to Thor as it was in the past, I guess. But I like this moment and I like that whole scene and I like the lead up to it as well where they're overhearing the conversation. I like the whole drunk guys. I don't know if they're drunk, but they're they're drinking as they do it. They're just having a good time. It feels like it's just one of those lazy afternoons where they're like, yeah, we're all going to try to pick up this goddamn hammer right now. None of them can do it. They try with the pickup truck and everything. I like that whole scene. I think it's fun. And I like then Thor being like, yeah, I'm just going to walk however many miles to go get there. Jane being like, I'll drive you. And like I said, Selvik being like, fuck no, do not get in the car with that man. This is a bad decision. And like I said, in the real world, he's right for sure. But again, it's fun watching that. And I think that Thor is a fun character even here at the beginning, because a lot of people say that Ragnarok really shifted tones for him. And I think it's probably true to a certain degree, but he always has been fun. He's always been kind of lighthearted and making certain jokes. And he's also been cocky to the same extent that, or not the same extent, but to a similar extent that Iron Man, for example, is, I think. But his character, I think, again, I mentioned this already earlier on, but is kind of being established early on here in the fourth movie of the MCU already as the character he'll be, I think. And he'll change for sure and he'll grow, but his struggles and who he is essentially down to his core, I think is there. And I think we're seeing that. And he's the proper speaking guy. He's not always talking the way we would talk. He doesn't have the same vernacular that we do. And it's funny because of that in certain aspects. And they use that in this movie as well. But I don't know. I think the comedy's there. And I think him being this god who's also not familiar with stuff is played up well in this and continues to be played up well in future Thor movies and other MCU movies that Thor is featured in that aren't necessarily Thor specific movies. But yeah, I think that I like this portrayal, honestly, of Thor. That's what's really sticking out to me. And again, I like the other characters as well, but we don't see most of them as recurring as Thor. Darcy obviously comes up more recently in WandaVision and we have Natalie Portman coming back as Jane in the new Thor 4. But do we see them as much as we do Thor? No. And that's why I'm focusing on him. And I think that, again, this character is someone that we've gotten from the beginning here established. And Chris Hemsworth does look a little different. He's a lot younger for sure, but he is that guy still, I think. He's been that Thor from the beginning, even if it isn't as light and comedic as it gets later on. And it will get, hopefully, in Thor 4. 
throughout this movie, I would say the comedy is pretty good. And I think that's absolutely true, Duncan, about how Chris Hemsworth's portrayal of Thor has been pretty consistent the entire time. It's just been like the atmosphere around him that's changed, like with Taika Waititi. But yeah, with him coming in to direct, definitely changed the tones. But in this one, I think Chris Hemsworth does a good job as Thor. He, I don't think they ask a lot out of him, but he does what he needs to do pretty well. I love this scene where he, like Mac was saying, when he when he takes the guys out with no hammer, with no strength. Like one of my favorite scenes in the MCU is when Thanos still puts that work on every hero in the MCU with no Infinity Stones. Like just his sword. He's like, yo, what's like, run it. Give me that shit. I need the gauntlet, bro. Like y'all in the way. And then still like they can't even, you know, it's all they can do to take him down. And I love when heroes are like brought to like a bare bone state and still are able to do what they need to do to win. And I liked that here, how he was just like still throwing hands with those dudes. And I, I think Jalen's right about, you know, him being humbled. I think we really see like the callousness, heartlessness of Loki. And he like leans into the opportunity to become a villain because like when he takes the throne, he could end Thor's sentence, but he's like, no, I'm going to ruin my brother's life, strand him on earth and then take over. So I think it's one of those things where like having power kind of turns you more into who you already are. And I think that's what happens with Loki. And from there, Loki returns to Jotunheim and reveals to Laufey that he was the one who let the Jotuns into Asgard. And he offers to let Laufey kill Odin. And Laufey obviously accepts. Sif and the Warriors 3, then they decide they're going to go to Earth and get Thor. They're like, we've had enough of this. And when they get there, they reveal to Thor that Loki's been lying. Loki releases the Destroyer to find and kill Thor. And that sets up what appears to be the final fight, where Thor sacrifices himself to save the others. And he proves himself worthy to wield Mjolnir as Thor. And then he defeats the Destroyer. And then he tells Jane he'll return for her and leaves to confront Loki. So how do you guys feel about... I know that was kind of abbreviated, but how did you feel about the third act of the movie? This is one of the parts during the movie that I mentioned earlier in my initial thoughts that I didn't really care for was when the Destroyer came and they were fighting Lady Sith and the Warriors 3. I didn't really care for this fight. It seemed really cheesy to me in a way. I don't know if it was just their costumes and fighting in the broad daylight or something. Something about it just gave me the ick. And I was like, I don't feel like I'm watching a Marvel movie right now. So I didn't really care for that. But I love that we really get to see how humbled Thor is at this point. Like he says, I'm but a mere man. Like I can help you get everyone to safety, but there's nothing that I can actually do to contribute to this fight. And we really see him recognizing that and seeing how he's come to terms with that notion at this point. Like he recognizes that he's not the Thor that we'd seen previously. He's just a normal person. And seeing him get to act as a normal human would and bring people to safety and then him sacrifice himself after he realizes what truly needs to be done to bring everyone to safety. I think it was great. Like we, we get to see this character arc for him and that's what needed to happen in order to get Mjolnir back. Bro, I, I swear by the end of this entire podcast, like I'm talking about the very end, I'll be able to pronounce it correctly. But until then, it's going to be Mio Mio, according to Darcy. <laughs> Mio Mio. And I really enjoyed everything that came after Lady Sith and the Warriors 3. I think Chris and I may have been you who mentioned this earlier. I agree with you that we really did get to see Thor be Thor, which is something that I was critical of during The Incredible Hulk because I we all agree that we didn't really get to see Hulk be Hulk. It was just a handful of times. And so that's also something that I will say I didn't like about this movie is that we really didn't get to see him be Thor up until this point. And but damn, I enjoyed it when it happened and I thought it was great. I thought the CGI was great and really getting to see him be the God of Thunder, be this awesome beast. I really, I really enjoyed it. 
I wish I there had been more of that in the movie. But overall, I think there were some highs and lows of this third act for me. For this third act, I could not help but correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I could not think of anything else besides like Superman, Man of Steel. Basically like the Destroyer, it gave the same vibe, it gave the same like art, alien coming to this world. So I think just like retrospectively thinking about it, like I think that's why the movie like, like this scene and everything kind of falls flat for me because I, I've seen it before in a way. I'm not sure if Man of Steel came before this movie or not. Um, don't I don't have the facts of what year it came out unless y'all know off the top of your head. Oh, 2013. Okay, okay. Yeah, so when I, well, at least when I rewatched it, that's what I thought about the whole time. But it was good to like see Thor come into himself a little bit, finally like be Thor for once and um, just bouncing off of what Mac was saying earlier. Kind of like when you watch The Incredible Hulk, it's like teasing like the Hulk coming out and then he finally comes out and it's just not enough Hulk, not enough like Thor being Thor at all. And I feel like he should have just been like going off the whole movie. But it does show how he did change as a person as you um, see at the beginning of the movie. He's like just throwing Mjolnir around and just going off during the war with the frost giants and everything. However, during this time, he has to worry about actually saving people, taking care of people and actually like being a hero instead of a warrior. So you can see how he changes from warrior to hero throughout this scene, which I do appreciate the symbolism and the meaning behind that. So I do think they did a good job of at least like hinting at that part, like his change as a character in total. Yeah, I did like that aspect of it. Yeah, I don't love this fight here. I don't know if I love any of the fights necessarily, but for me, it's more of the character. I like what they do with Thor in this. And I think, again, in hindsight, it works for the character and it only adds to what I do like about him going forward. But the Destroyer, I'm not that into. I'm not really caring about this fight. Yeah, sure, we see him become Thor. But again, like, the Infinity War Thor scene exists. So it's like, I give a fuck about this Thor. You know what I'm saying? They can't really do a lot to get me going with Thor when I've seen some real fuck yeah moments with the same character. So no offense to this movie, but I'm not that into this part of it. For me, again, when I'm, like, saying that I think this movie is unfairly judged and is cold like really shitty in the pantheon of mcu movies i think it's unfair because again i think that in hindsight it works for the thor character and it's got great acting and it's got characters that i think work and two of them are still in the mcu to this day and that's not something you could say about a lot of characters because even the originals like well i guess mark ruffalo is still in it but he wasn't in the original incredible hulk and obviously tony stark is gone so all the movies that we've reviewed so far on this podcast the main actor is no longer with us in the mcu whether the character is or isn't obviously that differs between iron man and hulk but this is the longest tenured mcu actor we have and actors i should say because loki had a show last year obviously thor is coming out in a month but the two of them are still around and i think they're two of the most charismatic actors and characters in the whole universe that we've been introduced to i really like them both and so we haven't gotten to the final final confrontation but i do like what they do with these characters and i think again it seeds what is gonna come later yeah this scene is dog shit (laughs) it fucking him making that tornado to like kill you know we they build up the destroyer as like this you know indestructible thing and then he just literally i think you can actually time the fight 
between Thor and the Destroyer to like 30 seconds, you know, and I was really bummed out about that. I think a lot of the special effects in this scene are a lot more practical as opposed to like CGI, which can be done well. Not that they're necessarily done poorly. I just think it's a strange decision for like what is next to like an opportunity to use CGI to, you know, the strength of the film and the strength of the action kind of just goes by the wayside. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to if like they melt this part in. They were just like, yeah, we don't really feel like making it interesting or like raising the stakes at all. We're just going to kind of do this. It is cool to see him become Thor and, and get the um, armor and everything back. But it just is kind of this is where the movie kind of breaks down for me. And I wouldn't say breaks down because and we'll talk about this coming up. But I just think this is probably my least. No, not probably. It definitely is my least favorite part of this movie. And I am making a promise to myself right here on this podcast to never sit through it again. But from there we go. Thor returns to Asgard. He and Jane kiss and he goes back to Asgard. And Loki has betrayed Laufey and plans to use the Jotun's attempt on Odin's life to justify destroying Jotunheim with the Bifrost. So Thor shows up, he fights Loki to stop him, and eventually just destroys the Bifrost, and he sacrifices seeing Jane again to save the lives on Jotunheim, which sends him and Loki kind of falling into the abyss, and Odin catches the both of them. Loki tells Odin that he only did it for him, but he lets go, and to the audience's knowledge, kills himself when Odin disapproves. And this is kind of the culmination of the movie in the final act. I think this was a great example of Thor growth and the journey that we've seen throughout this movie of him needing to be humbled. And I think it's true testament to the selflessness that he's willing to act on now that he really understands what it means to be Thor sacrificing seeing Jane again and the possibility of being with somebody that he loves. I mean, I don't know if loves is maybe a too strong word at this point, but yeah, I, I enjoyed this scene. It was, it was really heartbreaking to see how Odin's disapproval of Loki against spoilers. I mean, not that he's actually dead, but that he would be willing to kill himself because he didn't get Odin's approval. It's, it really is heartbreaking because, I mean, at this point, we don't know that he's not dead, right? It's not until, like, later that we really discover that he's alive. But, yeah, I thought I thought it was a decent fight scene, and I thought it was good. And I think I almost feel like I prefer with Thor more, like, one-on-one battles like this versus the Jotunheim scenes, even though I did like that battle, and I think it was good for the, the rest of the movie. But I don't know. I thought it was a good... I thought it was a good way to end the movie and it sets us up for kind of sets us up for what's to come. And I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't really have like a whole lot to say about it, but I enjoyed watching it. And I don't know. I, I, I like the way that it ended. Yeah, I don't have um, too, too much to say about this scene, but the final battle was good. I did like the stakes of for Thor as a character and his whole story, the family like conflict and everything. It kind of is, it's a believable conflict like between him and Loki. So um, the battle between them two, it was a good payoff in a way. A lot of other Marvel movies, the final battle, it falls flat in a way. But the buildup and everything there, backstory, the growth, as well as the reason behind Loki even doing stuff like that, it paid off in the end and um, build up. And also the cliffhanger of, well, I guess it's not the last scene, the exact last scene in the movie, but just like not knowing if Loki is dead or not, thinking he's dead, but he actually does come back. That was surprising when he did show back up again. And also it does hint how Thor does kind of like turns down being king saying he's not ready. That kind of hints to the rest of the Thor projects where 
he's never going to be ready, to be honest. Let's be real. <laughs> like, he puts it off every single time about being king, taking over. And you can even tell with Ragnarok when he gave whichever movie he gave the throne to Valkyrie for her to be king. Like, it's just like he keeps putting off this responsibility that he was destined to do. And that's kind of like a criticism I do have of Thor as a character as a whole, not even just with this movie. Yeah, big RIP to Loki, dude. Can't believe he died here. That sucks. The stakes in this movie are mad real. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's a good complaint to have about this movie and the MCU in general, I guess, a little bit is, why do I give a fuck now if in the fourth movie you've told me that we can kill a villain and he'll come back? I want Tom Hiddleston back and Marvel's right, but I don't love that. Because it doesn't seem like they're setting it up for, oh, is he back? No, he's just dead. So I don't really love the whole wrap up on Asgard, but I do like the fact that Loki wasn't actually trying to get Odin killed. He was trying to, I don't even know if it's like a quadruple, triple cross at this point. He's like done so many double, triple, quadruple crosses that I feel like he's just crossing everyone at this point. But it is the plan of someone who is the god of deception. So I get that. And I like that. And it's also, again, planting the seeds that will make me care about him later on, because if he was just trying to get Odin killed, I think that's a rougher place to start with from this character. So I like that. I do like that Thor comes into his own, kind of, but he is the crown prince for sure. But is he meant to be the ruler of Asgard? I guess I bring that up, Jalen, because you were just saying that he keeps putting it off. And I almost feel like that's not necessarily what he's meant to be. And maybe even Thor 4 will cement that a little bit because he's asking in the trailers, who am I? What am I supposed to be? If I'm not the only one who can wield Mjolnir, if I'm not the only Thor, what am I? Who am I? So I think maybe Thor and Asgard are not necessarily as tied as someone who would have to be the king would be. Maybe he's not as attached to the Asgardian way of life by the end of this film. Because at the beginning, I think you see that he's all about, I want to be king, this is that and the other, and I want the fame and the love from the people. And that's all well and good, but is it what a hero does? And I think he's learning that doing the right thing and trying to help others is more important than being this god who's loved by all the Asgardians. So I think that, I guess, what I'm learning from this third act is that not that he's pushing off his responsibilities. And I don't mean to disagree with you, Jalen. I'm just saying that I'm feeling like it's more of him coming into a realization that there's more out there than just Asgard. And maybe he's meant to be discovering that. And I think we see from later on that he is meant to be out there because there's certain things that I think we need him for in the future. Like the MCU doesn't look the same if you don't have Thor, obviously. So that's my two cents, I guess, on this third act. I don't love it. But again, it's all a film that I think generally works and has characters that work. And that's the most important thing for me is the characters in this film. And that's why I think I rate it higher than the public perception of what Thor is in general. But yeah. Yeah, the the ending definitely works, I think, for me too. And I think one of the things that I can't remember who said it, but just looking from the outside and looking at what Loki does to get his dad's approval is like he sees Thor go and start a war and he's like, Well, I'll do you one better. I'll I'll wipe them all out from existence is just like speaks to like just how broken and damaged he is you know what i mean and his concept of like what constitutes love and what constitutes loyalty and all this stuff and just who he is which i think you know we get more of later on in the mcu but i think here it definitely works i 
felt it when Loki he says, I never wanted the throne. I only ever wanted to be your equal. And it's like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Just kind of bringing it full circle with showing them as like two kids that grew up differently in the same house. But as far as Thor goes, you know, I won't disagree. I think the characters work and the, a lot of the action scenes work. It's just at some points the story and the action doesn't for me. But that takes us to the post credit scene where we see Marvel throws up a message that says Thor will return in the Avengers. We see that Eric Selvig, he shows up to a shield facility and then Nick Fury is there with what we know now is the Tesseract in a box. And he's like, we need you to study this. So how'd you guys feel about the post credit scene? I thought the post credit scene was really good. Maybe I'm biased just because I generally like this movie as opposed to you guys, but I thought it was good. And I'm glad that we got to see that Loki was alive at the end of it. I think it's better than him coming back in another movie. I like the way that they let us know that he was still alive in this one and that he's up to no good. You know, he's always mischievous, always plotting something. But yeah, I thought it was really good. And I didn't remember that they said Thor would be back at, at a later installment until this one. Like, I guess, was it, do you think it's just because there wasn't a tie-in or anything to the other movies that maybe people were, they didn't know if he would be back? Because at this point they hadn't done that, right? Like, no, but they didn't say like, blank, blank, blank would be back. And, but maybe it's just because they wanted us to know that they're building up to something. But yeah, I thought it was a, it was a good post-credit scene. Yeah, I like the post-credit scene. It basically like, I did like the fact that they'd already like showed that Lucky was still alive instead of us waiting years to see if he's alive, dead or whatever. I did like that we didn't have to wait for that. And also, this is the first Infinity Stone that's being shown, even even though we don't know that. But um, looking back on it retrospectively, it's the first Infinity Stone starting off this whole saga, this whole emotional roller coaster we did not sign up for, know that we were going to go on throughout the MCU. It starts that off and kind of like sparks that in a way and starts connecting the stories. And also um, Thor coming back as an Avenger and everything kind of like hints at the Avengers being formed and held together and gave us something to look forward to. So I think this post credit scene did do the movie justice as well as the rest of the movies because we had something we kind of like had an idea what, what was going to happen throughout the at least the next installment yeah i liked the post-credit scene i think that again i'm into the post-credit scenes in general so i'm down for them but the idea of setting up the avengers is something that i'm obviously down for because i like the team up stuff and i like where that progresses it is obviously funny that we are excited for a team up of six superheroes two of which are scarlet witch and hawkeye who no offense don't have any fucking powers but really four actual superheroes in my opinion no offense against those two characters i like both of them a lot but we're all excited for that and this is what i think that's doing with the thor will be back in avengers telling the audiences that hey we're doing the avengers motherfucker so it gets everyone excited and fuck when we get to the 2012 avengers i will talk about it to an extent but people were fucking hyped for that that was the first one of those so this is a good setup for that i think it is interesting that they don't do more to set up captain america i guess but maybe they're not trying to spoil where that goes but i guess that's a little tease for tuesday right yeah i think what you said duncan about the stakes them them taking away the stakes is it definitely brings for me like that we see he's immediately alive it's like oh well you know maybe they could have added a little bit more suspense but like you said also i think i'm so glad that he didn't die there and that tom hiddleston is in the mcu as much as he is because i loki's one of my favorite characters and anytime nick fury's on the screen is cool with me and then like you said them making the avengers like a concrete thing i remember like as a kid i was like yo there's nowhere i'm gonna be but in that movie theater when this movie comes out it was very cool to see that it was finally 
finally all coming together, really setting the stage for what ended up being one of the biggest movie events of all time. But we have discussed Thor at length, and now it is time for our final thoughts. Mac, we will start with you. Overall, I did enjoy this movie. I personally think it's one of... I wouldn't say one of my favorites, but one of the ones that I enjoy more. And again, I don't know why that is. I don't think it's one of the best movies in the MCU, but for me, it's like probably one of the better ones as on a personal note. I think the acting from everyone is great, especially it being a superhero movie. I really enjoyed it. I think Tom Hiddleston was made for Loki. I think he really embodies the character really well. I think Chris Hemsworth does a great job playing Thor. Everyone down to Kat Jennings. I think she's so funny as Darcy. Love her. And overall, I thought it was good. I think some of the the fight scenes were lacking. And I think there were moments that the pacing could have been better. Oh, and I, we haven't even talked about Idris Elba. Love him. And I think I'm so glad they cast him just to like throw that in there. We didn't really discuss him much. But yeah, overall, I think it was good. I enjoyed it. And I'll watch it a couple times a year, maybe. Maybe that's a little bit too much for some people. I know pretty much everyone in the discussion is not like super fan of it. I know you, Chris, are like very much against it. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's, it's, it's a good movie to me. I will give it 80 Mew Mews out of 100. Okay. A little high for my taste. Yeah. What are you saying? For this movie, I did like the introduction of Thor. It was a good way to introduce us to him as well as like this Norse god world that they have. And also kind of like jumpstart him as a character as well as change him throughout the movie. Because I know like some Marvel movies, it's not that much character development throughout the movie for the main character they kind of like stay a little bit constant they do have a little change by the end but it kind of like started off with Thor kind of realizing like oh shit like I'm just like a normal person just like everybody else here like let me kind of like basically like be be humbled in a way so I do like the underlying aspects of character development throughout that as well as Loki's character as well and how they explain his motives but um one thing that I that I wish was a a little bit more was character development for other side characters a little bit more screen time for them and it was basically just Loki Thor back and forth that's it throughout the movie we didn't get enough Jane Foster we didn't get enough Darcy which I, I'm a Darcy fan I love her and she's funny as fuck but um especially in WandaVision but yeah I just wish it was a little bit more like side you know side characters and a little bit more plot with them as well for um the movie in general I would give it 70 out of 100 Odin size. Very generous, very generous. Duncan, what about you? Yeah, I like Thor, and I like Chris Hemsworth's rendition of Thor. For me, that's my Thor. I don't read the comics, or I haven't in the past, so this is my introduction to the MCU Thor, and I think it kills it. I love him as this character. I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. Natalie Portman was maybe my first crush ever when I was a young, young boy watching The Phantom Menace and then Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, obviously. Just a young me was was all over that for sure. And I still think that Natalie Portman is a great actor and does a great job in this film as well because no matter if it's a franchise or a more independent type film, she, I think, always brings it. So loved her in this. Cannot ever complain about Scarzard being in a movie for sure. So big Goodwill Hunting fan over here. Can't have any complaints about that. He's great and everything. Dune guy, big Denny Villeneuve guy as well. So definitely shout out to Scarzard. Shout out to 
Pat Jennings as well. I do think that she plays a little bit of an annoying character in Darcy, but she is doing her job well, I think, and definitely playing the same character when she pops back up in WandaVision. We'll say that. But she's written the way she is. I personally find the character a little annoying, but I do think that the actor does a great job at portraying that. And just the whole dynamic of the team, I really like. And that's what does it for me. It's not the Asgardian shit. It's not the Thor powers, because we get better versions of that later on. But we don't have this group. And so that's what does it for me in this. And I really did like rewatching this because it's been, honestly, it's been 12 years. I have not rewatched this since it first came out. So it was honestly almost like a new film at this point. When you think about it, I was... 14 when it came out, 15 when it came out. So I was basically a different person at that point. So tastes have changed, opinions have changed. I don't remember everything from that time period either, every movie I've watched. So I didn't remember everything that happened in this movie. So it was almost like taking a new movie into my stream. People say that every time you watch a movie, whether it's the third time, the fifth time, the first time, the 20th time, you're always watching a new movie because you're bringing to it a different perspective. And I think that I brought it a different perspective to this movie now, and I appreciated it more. But it's got its flaws. It's not that great. It gets boring at points. The action's not that good at all, I don't think. But I like the portrayals of the characters. So I'm giving it a 74 Heimdall's out of 100 because like you said Mac we didn't talk about Idris Elba that's not on us they cast Idris Elba in a nothing fucking role what the hell were they thinking like give an actor like that something more to do period he's phenomenal everyone knows that he's been phenomenal he continues to be phenomenal in everything he's in and it's not our fault for not talking about Heimdall he's I think in the comics a little bit more prominent but in this movie he's got a couple scenes that he's in and he's basically just being like yeah go break the rules which I get it do you know if he uh tried out for that scene or if they just cast him as it i don't know anything about how he was cast i don't know the backstory at all and i also don't necessarily remember where his career was at this point because obviously he's been in things from a long time ago since i mean the first thing i can remember him in is the wire but i don't know if he's in anything before that but he obviously has had an expansive career and has been in a lot of different things and a lot of different properties and a lot of different franchises that are huge but it is interesting that a celebrated actor like himself who is Definitely someone who most people, I would say, film critics and the audience in general appreciate is reduced to such a small role in this. Or are you saying that because I said Pat Dennings instead of Cat Dennings? I mean, I had it wrong too. I was saying Cat Jennings. I was trying to correct you. You're right. I'm sorry. Cat <laughs> Dennings. My final thoughts on this movie. I was just thinking that this movie, Iron Man 2 and Captain America, and maybe that will change because, you know, we're watching Captain America next week. But how much I like, like as a whole, how much I like Iron Man and how much I like the Avengers versus those three, it feels like if ever I wanted to watch it in an order that made sense, these three films are like the shit I got to like dig through to get to what I want. You know what I mean? It feels like that. It's not a bad movie. It just, I think they do, I don't know. It might just be my personal preference of liking those other two so much more than these three. But for this movie, it just feels like not a lot happens. I I, I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Loki. I think Chris Hemsworth does a good job as Thor. Like Jalen said, I don't think they do a lot to develop the surrounding characters. And what little character development we do get is mostly on Loki's side, you know, oddly enough, considering that the movie is called Thor. But I think it definitely works like it's necessary to get the rest of the MCU up and running. 
So I appreciate it in that way. And I think I might have been a little harsh. I don't hate it. I just, like Duncan was saying, I would never like sitting, you know, around and I'm like, you know what I'm going to watch today? Thor. But like, I will go back if I'm ever like not doing anything. I will go back, pull up Infinity War and go to the scene where Thor shows up in Wakanda. That versus this, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like one of the greatest moments in the MCU ever versus what I feel like is in two hours of black is how it feels. You know, I get that they needed to do it. It had to happen. I just, I'm not a huge fan of it. So with all that said, my rating of Thor 2011 is going to be 61 smashed mugs out of 100. I honestly expected worse, so. I also did, so I'll take that rating. Just trying to be fair. But that is the end of our show today. So thank you to our listeners for making it this far. Thank you to our returning listeners, as well as to our new listeners. We hope you enjoyed, and we hope you stick around. Remember, we have four episodes a week releasing on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Our next episode releases on Thursday, where we will be discussing Kenobi Part 4. Stay tuned for all of our future episodes and check out our back catalog of episodes as well. Remember, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts by searching the letters G, D, T. We're available on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on all the free platforms as well. Be sure to subscribe to us and also leave a five-star review if you can. You can also keep track of all our episodes there, and you can also check us out on our social media platforms to stay up to date. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GoodDataPod and on Facebook at GDT Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you again on Thursday.